Welcome to Peace by Believing with John Redmond, Associate Pastor of First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas. Are you looking for peace in your life? Well, where are you looking for that peace? Are you looking for it within yourself? Maybe from a family member or other relationships? Today, John shares with us how to find lasting peace in the second of his two-part message, The God of Peace. There are two types of peace in the Bible. First of all, there's what is known as peace with God. We read about that in Romans chapter 5 in verse 1. Scripture says, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Let's say that together. Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. That's talking about salvation. Now, peace with God means that because of our faith in Jesus Christ, the war with heaven is over. It's talking about our status as children of God, that our sins have been forgiven, Christ has come to live in our hearts, our names have been written in the Lamb's book of life, and we have peace with God. It is a status. Now, peace with God is something that we have whether we feel it or not. Sometimes we feel peace with God. I can say it this way. Sometimes we feel saved. Sometimes we might not even feel saved. Sometimes a person says, I'm not sure I'm saved. Well, why not? Well, I just don't feel saved. I don't feel God in my life. I don't feel peace in my heart. That doesn't necessarily mean they're not saved. It might mean that, but it might not. And so you talk to that person and you say, let me ask you this. Have you asked Christ to save you? Yes. Have you trusted Christ to save you? Yes, I have. Do you trust Christ to save you? Yes, I do. Well, I can say to them on the authority of God's Word, if you're trusting Christ to save you, you have peace with God whether you feel it or not. And so the assurance of our salvation has nothing to do with our feelings. It is an objective peace based on the status that we have through our faith in Jesus. We are at peace with God. It would be like two nations in a war. And out there somewhere, the leaders come together and they sign a peace treaty. And now we say, these two nations are at peace with each other. Well, they may not feel at peace with each other. May not feel any different than they did before they got at peace with each other. But the treaty has been signed and so they're at peace. Well, that's how it is with us. Before we were saved, we were not at peace with God. We were at war with God. We were at enmity with God. Our sins separated us from God. But when Christ died on that cross and rose from that grave and we placed our faith in Him, in that moment, the war with heaven was over and we entered into a relationship with God that is described by Paul as a status, a state, a condition of having peace with God. It has nothing to do with feelings. It is objective whether we feel it or not. But there's another peace in the Bible. It's not peace with God. It's what is called the peace of God. And we read about it in Philippians chapter 4 verses 6 and 7. Don't turn there tonight, but just think about the scripture. Those are the two most underlined verses in all the Bible. Paul said, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Verse 7, and the peace of God which passes all understanding, shall guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. And so the peace of God is different from peace with God. The peace with God is a status. The peace of God is a feeling. It's an emotion. It's something we can feel. It is subjective. It comes and it goes. But the peace of God is something that God gives us in our hearts, and we, it's experiential. 
And sometimes I have it and sometimes I don't. And it'd be the same with you. I've written some words down tonight, synonyms for the peace of God. Calmness, serenity, wholeness, happiness. It's all what the Old Testament describes in that word shalom. You go to Israel today and you bump into a Jewish person on the street and what that person is going to say to you is shalom. And that means I wish you happiness, I wish you health, I wish you peace, I wish you joy, I wish you wholeness, I wish you calmness, relaxation, I wish you everything good in your life. And so the peace of God is like that. And it says to me that much of the spiritual battle that we're engaged in in life with the enemy, it's a battle for our peace. Not peace with God. That's a status. Satan can't take that away from you. But the peace of God is something that is constantly under attack because Satan doesn't want God's people to have it. He wants us to live in anxiety, uptightness, restlessness, angst, tension, stress, feeling overwhelmed, all these things that we all experience from time to time. And yet God is in the background and God is saying it's possible. For you to have experientially in your feelings, in your emotions, in your mind, in your heart, in your daily life, it is possible for you to have the same peace in your heart that I have in my heart. It is possible, Jesus says, for you to have the same calmness in your mind that I have in my mind because I have given you my peace. And it is subjective. It is experiential. And it is a feeling. Sometimes we have it and sometimes we don't. Now, that said, I want to make three statements tonight about experiencing this peace. I'm talking now not about peace with God. I'm talking about the peace of God, this experiential feeling that God wants us to have in our lives. The first thing I would say, and I've already said it, but I'll say it again, this peace comes from Jesus. Jesus said, my peace I give to you. It doesn't come from your spouse. It doesn't come from your parents, your children, your job, your health, your doctor, how much money you have, your job, anything like that. This peace comes from Jesus. Now, many people spend an entire lifetime seeking after this peace, running from relationship, 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 job, 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 everything. They keep thinking, if this thing in my life could just be that, instead of having this, if I had that, then I would have peace. That's not true. Because the peace I'm describing tonight has nothing to do with those circumstances. It comes from Jesus Christ. Second statement. Not only does this peace come from Jesus, but this peace is found in Jesus. And so when we think about the peace of God, don't just think that Jesus is in heaven dispensing peace like we would give somebody a gift. That may be part of it, but what we need to understand is what he's dispensing to us is, is not a thing. It is himself. Let me give you a scripture verse to back that up. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 14, it says, he himself is our peace. Say that with me. He himself is our peace. And so in John 14, Jesus said, I'm giving you peace. In Ephesians 2, Paul said, yes, but understand this. It's Christ himself who is our peace. Well, which is it? Is he giving it to us or is it himself? Yes, it's both. What did Jesus give us? What is the greatest gift? He gave us himself. Greater love has no man than this than one would lay down his life for his friends. And so when Jesus says, I'm giving you my peace, don't think of that peace as being an extension of Jesus or something separate from Jesus. Think of the peace as being Jesus himself. So Jesus was saying, here's, here's, how, here's why you can have this peace. 
Here's why you can have the same calmness in your mind and in your spirit and, 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 and the same sense of serenity that I have because I'm giving you myself. In other words, Jesus was saying, I am coming to live on the inside of you. And so I think many times in the Christian life we have the idea, well, in order for me to live the Christian life better, what I've got to do is try harder and work harder and pray more and read the Bible more and go to church more and share my faith more and give more and do all these things more. Well, all those things are important and all those things have a place. But friend, the Christian life is not us trying to do more for God. The Christian life is Jesus Christ living his life in us and through us. And so when the scripture says he himself is our peace, it's giving us the secret there to how we can have this peace. We let Christ live his life through us. Our hands are his hands. Our feet are his feet. Our thoughts become his thoughts. And so the peace is found in Jesus. The peace, if you don't get anything else tonight, get this. The peace comes from the person of Jesus Christ. He is our peace. The third statement I would make is this. Peace, this peace of God, this subjective, experiential, emotional thing I'm talking about tonight, it can be constant if we stay in an attitude of faith. Now, I've already said that sometimes we have this peace and sometimes it goes away. And that's my experience too. Sometimes I have it and sometimes I lose it. And sometimes I'm in the middle. But what I'm saying here is it can be constant if we stay in an attitude of faith. Now, in Judges chapter 6, I want you to see something very interesting. Because in verse 24, Gideon built this altar to God and he called it Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. But I want us to read the next three verses. And what we're going to discover is this man who went from no peace to perfect peace, so much so that he built an altar and named it God is peace. In the next three verses, Gideon loses his peace. His peace is completely gone. Look at it in verse 25. Now it came to pass the same night that the Lord said to Gideon, Take your father's young bull, the second bull of seven years old, and tear down the altar of Baal that your father has, and cut down the wooden image that is beside it, and build an altar to the Lord your God on top of this rock in the proper arrangement. And take the second bull and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the image which you shall cut down. Now watch verse 27. So Gideon took ten men from among his servants and did as the Lord had said to him. But because he feared his father's household and the men of the city too much to do it by day, he did it by night. At the first of the story, Gideon has no peace. God reveals himself to us and says to Gideon and says, peace be with you. Do not fear you shall not die. Filled with peace. Built an altar and named it the Lord is peace. At the end of the story, he loses his peace because he got his eyes off God. He got his eyes on circumstance. He thought, what are these Midianites going to do to me? So think about this last statement I've made here tonight. Peace, that subjective experiential feeling of calmness, serenity, relaxation, contentment, everything's okay. Not worried about anything, not stressed out, not uptight, not overwhelmed. That feeling can be constant if we stay in an attitude of faith. Now, I want to show you a verse to back that up with. But if I was sitting out there where you're sitting tonight, and some, my dad or somebody else up here preaching this sermon, and they said to me, this experiential feeling can be constant if we stay in an attitude of faith, I would question that. And I would say... Well, if it can be constant, how come, it's, how come I don't constantly have it? 
how come some days I have it more than others and other days I don't have it at all? And so I would be running that through my mind and I would be saying, this man is up there saying that this experiential feeling of peace, I mean, this is life-changing. People are going to psychiatrists, psychologists all across America trying to find what we're dealing with tonight, peace. And yet Jesus says, not that that there's anything wrong with going to one of those doctors, not at all. But what Jesus is saying is, ultimately, what you're looking for is not found there. What you're looking for is found in me, and it can be constant, and it can be unchanging, and it can be permanent if you will remain in an attitude of faith. And yet, if I were sitting where you're sitting tonight, I would be thinking, you've got to give me a verse to back that up. So let me give you a verse. Go to Isaiah. I want you to see this verse tonight. Isaiah chapter 26. I think about all my favorite verses in the Bible, and if I were making a list of the top five, this verse would be high on that list. It might be the second favorite verse. In fact, it might even be number one. It, my favorite verse has changed from time to time. But Isaiah 26.3 has got to be on your list of all time. This is a classic verse. In fact, I've often heard it said that for a Christian, 1 John 1.9 may be the most important verse. If we confess our sins, God's faithful and just to forgive us for our sins, cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And I'm going to tell you, 1 John 1.9 is very important for our daily life. Sometime I'll hear somebody say, and I've probably said it, Romans 8, 28, God causes all things to work together for good. That's the most important verse for the, in a Christian. Well, it may be. Maybe it's John, 1 John 1, 9. Maybe it's Romans 8, 28. But I'm going to tell you something. It may well be that Isaiah 26, 3 is the most important verse for a Christian on a daily basis because in this verse, God is telling us how we can have peace, experiential, the feeling of peace, and how we can keep it constantly and not have to lose it. Now, look at what it says. So Isaiah is talking, he's talking to God, and he says, you, God, will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. And then in verse 4, just the first of it, says, trust in the Lord forever. But back in verse 3, there's a conditional promise here that we find. And, and the promise is, and what I want you to see tonight, this is life-changing. God has promised us that he will keep us in perfect peace. I sometimes think, and this has been how I've lived my life sometimes. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. But I have sometimes thought that it is my responsibility to keep myself at peace. And sometimes I think that now. If I lose my peace, get a little bit anxious, uptight, overwhelmed about something, stressed out, sometimes I just would naturally try to calm myself down. But what God's been showing me over the last year or two, maybe the last three years, is it is not my responsibility to keep myself at peace. Just like I can't give myself peace, that comes from Jesus. I can't keep myself peaceful. In fact, this verse says I don't even have to try. Notice what Isaiah said. You, God, will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Let me just say it this way. It is God's responsibility to keep you at peace. It is your responsibility to trust God. It is your responsibility to keep your mind and your thoughts on God. And God has made a promise to you and to me that if we will keep our mind on Him and if we will trust Him with all of our heart, with whatever we're going through, that He will keep us at perfect peace. And I'll tell you this, there have been many a day 
that I, not every day, but there have been plenty of days in my life where I have started the day saying, God, before I even leave my house, I'm claiming this promise. Now, you have made me a promise that you will keep me in perfect peace if my mind is stayed on you and if I trust you. And so, Lord, I declare before I walk out the door of my house today, my mind is on you and I'm trusting in you. God, that's all I can do. I can't make peace come. I can't make peace stay. I can't cause myself to be calm and relaxed. None of that. That all comes from you. And let me tell you this. Every single day that I have started my day in that way, saying, God, I am claiming this promise, and God, I'm trusting you. And God, my mind is on you. And God, my focus is on you. And I'm trusting you to keep me at peace. Every single day I've done that, God's kept his end of the deal. God's kept me at peace. And God will do that for you. You see, this is a conditional promise that God will keep you in peace if your mind is stayed on him and if you'll trust him. And so sometime during the day, I'll say to God, I say, God, I'm trusting you with this right now. This has come up in my life. This is what I'm facing right now. God, I'm trusting you. And every single time I say to God, God, I'm trusting you, he keeps his end of the deal. And he fills my heart. And he fills my mind with peace. Now, in our Bibles tonight, our English Bibles, we read the phrase, perfect peace. And that's one of the reasons I, I love this verse, because it's so descriptive in how it is describing this peace of God, this peace that God gives us. It's perfect peace. If we had our Hebrew Bibles tonight, and if we could read Hebrew, by the way, I would need an inlinear to tell me what the words mean. It's been a long time since I took any Hebrew classes. But in, nonetheless, in the Hebrew Bible... It says, you will keep him. Now watch this. You listen, say amen. You will keep him in shalom, shalom. Not just shalom, not just peace. But Isaiah said, God, you will keep him in shalom, shalom. Double peace. The English translator said, perfect peace. The person whose mind is stayed on you. Because he trusts in you. And so the first question tonight is this. Do you have that peace? At this moment, the clock on the wall says it's 7.13 on Sunday night. At 7.13 tonight, experientially, in your emotions, in your thoughts, and in your mind, are you experiencing the peace of God? Calmness? Serenity? Contentment? Relaxation? Everything's Okay? Are you experiencing that right now? And if not, you say, John, I'm glad I came to church tonight because I'm not experiencing that, not like I want to. Well, the answer to that is right here in this verse. You and I can experience double shalom, perfect peace, continually if we'll keep our end of the deal. And our end of the deal is to keep our minds on God. And our end of the deal is to trust in Him with all of our hearts. In Philippians chapter 4, when Paul was saying, be anxious for nothing, and you know, in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. What was Paul saying? Paul was saying, turn your problems into a prayer. Turn your stress into a prayer. Turn your concerns into a prayer. Turn your worries into a prayer. Turn your racing thoughts into a prayer. And if you'll turn it into a prayer, and not only put it in God's hands... But trust God with whatever concerns you, verse 7, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, 
We'll guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. And it does pass understanding. And that's why in the Old Testament, Isaiah had to use that word shalom twice. He said, this is not normal peace. This is not even the peace that sometimes we have. This is shalom, shalom, double peace, perfect peace. And it's God's gift to us if we will trust him. Amen. And so tonight, with our head bowed and eyes closed, do you have that peace? I find it helpful in those seasons of my life when I lose that peace to just be very honest with God and say, God, I've lost it like Gideon. God, I had it. I built an altar and celebrated the peace you had given me. And then, God, something happened. I lost my peace. And so many a times I have to say that to God. God, I've lost it, my peace a little bit. I've taken my eyes off you, put them on myself, my circumstances, let myself get overwhelmed. And so, God, forgive me for doing that. And tonight, I reorient my thinking and I redirect my faith upward. Off of me. Upward. Off of people. Upward. Off of circumstances. Upward, God. I trust you with all my heart. Tonight, that thing that concerns you, you know what it is. Turn it into a prayer. Put it in God's hands. Ask God to deal with it. Ask God to take care of it. And as you give it to God tonight, say this to Him. Say, God, I trust you with this matter in my life. And God, I'm going to keep on trusting you. And God, I thank you that you have promised as I will keep on trusting you, you are going to keep me in perfect peace. You're not going to let it go away. As long as I'll keep trusting you. And God, if I get my focus wrong and stop trusting you, I'm going to reorient my mind and redirect my faith. And I'm going to trust you all over again. And the moment I start trusting you, you're going to give me that peace. And you're going to keep me in perfect peace. As long as I'll keep trusting you. What a life-changing message. What a liberating truth. That if we'll trust him, he'll give us peace. And he'll keep us peaceful. All we have to do is trust him. Some here tonight, you say, John, not only do I not have that, I'm not even sure that I have peace with God. I don't think I've ever, you might say, put my faith in Jesus Christ. And so for me, God and I are not at peace. Well, friend, you need to get saved. We saw people saved this morning, and we need to see somebody get saved tonight. If you're not sure that you're saved, pray this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I want to be at peace with you, and yet my sins have separated me from you. Forgive my sins. Cleanse my heart. Come into my life. Save me. Make me a Christian. Change my life. And Lord, begin now to make me the person that you want me to be. And Father, during this next song, help me not to be ashamed of you, but help me to confess you openly, unashamedly, publicly before others here tonight in this service. It's my prayer in Jesus' name. And all the people said, Amen and amen. We hope that today's message, The God of Peace, has been an encouragement to you. You can find this message, along with part one, and many others on our website at www.peacebybelieving.org under the broadcast tab. If you prayed with John to receive Christ as your Savior today, we would love to know about it and to rejoice with you in your decision. We are so very happy for you. In fact, the Bible tells us that the angels are rejoicing in heaven over your decision right now. 
You can email us at info at peacebybelieving.org or give us a call at 1-800-337-0157. We have a booklet on our website entitled How to Be a Happy Christian that will help you get a good foundation for your new relationship with Jesus. In that booklet, you'll learn how to have a quiet time or spend time alone with Jesus by reading your Bible and praying. It'll encourage you to get involved in a local church that teaches the Bible so you can grow, to get involved in a small group with other believers. Many important things that we need to do to nurture our daily lives with Christ. Also on our website, we have another booklet that would help you understand how to have more peace. It is called How to Have a Peaceful Heart. It is under the booklets tab on our website, and John goes in depth on how to develop a sense of peace in your life. We also invite you to like Peace by Believing Ministries on Facebook and follow at PBB underscore broadcast on Twitter. Thank you for spending some time with us today, and we look forward to you joining us on the next Peace by Believing with John Redmond.